Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 353 of the Ask the Coach Show, where Ping Skills answers your table tennis questions. I'm Jeff Plum, and as always, I'm joined by Super Coach Alois Rosario. Welcome, Alois. Oh, thank you, Jeffrey, and uh, welcome to all the listeners and uh, out there. And hope you are doing well. We are in Melbourne, and for those of you that have been watching the tennis, we'll know that there's been some fun and games here in Melbourne with. Uh, yeah, another little lockdown, five-day lockdown. So uh, I think as of tomorrow, though, for uh, for the semi-finals, there's going to be crowds. So uh, so that'll be exciting again. Yeah, it is bizarre, isn't it? And on the tennis, no crowds. Did you see the first night of no crowds? They didn't have any um, crowd noise on the TV. But lately, they've started adding in like these fake applauses. After- yeah. And- and and they've been adding them in at the wrong times. Like some, I noticed, like someone hit the net, or you know, the um, the ball clipped the net and went over, and and they put them some fake clapping in because they thought the point was finished. And <laughs> yeah, um, I don't know. I, I sort of I sort of like it though. I, it, it, it does give adds, a bit more atmosphere than just silence. Yeah, and I get. I wonder what the players think of it though. Um, I don't know whether I'd like fake applause. Um, rather than silence, but I guess. But the players wouldn't hear it. It's just for the TV, surely. Is it? Oh, okay. I thought it might just be for. It might be in the stadium too. But you, no you think it's way. just on the, no? no? Okay. It'd just be on the TV. I'm sure. Okay. Because no, I know that, they did it with um, Australian Rules football um, last year. Actually, uh, at the game. Well, I don't know. I don't know whether it was at the game. I, I'm just being naive, I think, and just assuming that. Yeah. It's, all, it's all open out there, but uh, yeah. I reckon it wouldn't be at the game. Be just post. It'd just be edited in. Okay. okay. Yeah, that's what I reckon. Well, yeah. Mm. Oh, well, then the players won't care. No, exactly. They won't even know. <laughs> <laughs> Otherwise, if they added it in in the middle of a point, you would get a bit annoyed. Yeah, that's right. And the other interesting thing about that is no lines, people. No, that, and I like it. No need for them. There's no challenges. There's no exactly. anything. Exactly. That's right. And the players sort of, you know, will sort of query it every now and then, but then they just see the Hawkeye vision and, oh, okay. Yep. And but how accurate really is that Hawkeye vision? Yeah, that's 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 always the interesting part. But I think that must be pretty accurate if they're – like they've got a lot of cameras on it and there certainly there must be some sort of um, – um, what do you call it? Limits or you know yeah. um, tolerance? Probably more accurate than than humans, anyway. Yeah, exactly. Certainly yeah. better than having me standing there and trying to see whether a ball's five millimeters out. <laughs> and it's it's like you know, um, computers are going to be better drivers than humans soon as well. We won't be allowed to drive oh, a car oh, because oh, we won't don't oh, get that one. Oh, oh. <laughs> I, I, I can't imagine the day that I'm going to let go of the steering wheel and let my car drive itself. <laughs> oh, dear. Uh, yeah, not, 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 not such a good backseat passenger. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes. Um, the other day, before the lockdown here, Alice, I went to the yeah. zoo. Oh, and did you? Yeah, yeah sure. all they had was one dog. It was a shih tzu. And and Alois. Yes, Jeff. Why was the robot so tired after his road trip? Uh, I don't know, Jeff. Because he had a hard drive. 
These are great jokes. I'm loving them. Uh, Certainly better than better than ones you've been digging up anyway. <laughs> oh dear. So good. So well, good. yeah, better, better. Yeah. Now, Alice, what happened on this week? On this week, well, it was actually just a couple of days ago where we are. Uh, the birthday of Ching Yi Ching. So. Huh? Um, yeah, so Cheng Yi Ching would now be 29 because she was born in 1992 on mm. February the 15th. Um, yeah, Cheng Yi Ching um, uh, uh, from Chinese Taipei, um, really exciting player. I, I do like watching Cheng Yi Ching play. She's um, got, uh, you know, good explosive, both backhand and forehand, uh, dynamic, close to the table, right-hander. Um and you know when you when you start to look at medals, it's difficult to win medals on the world scene if you're not you know from um, <laughs> part of the Chinese team. But um, yes. but she won a silver medal in the mixed doubles in at the World Championships in Dusseldorf in 2017, and a bronze medal in the teams in uh, KL in 2016. So um, and World Cup uh, silver in the singles in 2016 and bronze. No. Yeah, bronze in the singles in um, 2017. So, you know, she's up there and she's uh, ranked like number eight in the world or, you know, thereabouts. Yeah, she's getting up there anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Very so, uh, impressive. Yeah, being as high as number five. So, you know, not a player that we see a lot of either um, on the highlights reels, but, um, but yeah, a player I like. So uh, happy birthday, Ching Yi Ching. Yes, 29 years old. There you go. There you go. All right, and I believe you have a very good tip of the week for us. Well, yeah, I just started thinking about, you know, we talk a lot about table tennis equipment and everyone wants to know about table tennis equipment, and we don't often talk about your shoes. Um, and I think it's it's almost more important than the rubber you use. No, not quite. But um, <laughs> but it, with, your, with your shoes, I think it's really important um, that you choose something that is suitable for you. So I see a lot of players playing with um, just your just your general runners, you know, the, the things that you'd go out for a run with. Um, the main issue with a lot of those is that the heel is quite high. So with table tennis, you've got a lot of lateral movement. So sideways um, movement. Yes, yeah, sideways movement, yes. And when you've got that higher heel, you're risking the chance of going over on that, over on your ankle um, because of the heel. So, because yeah, those running shoes, they're really made just for going really forward or in a straight line almost. Yeah, exactly. They're very much, they're very much a straight line uh, type shoe. Um, so if you, if you have a look at some, uh, you know, specific table tennis shoes, you'll notice that they have a lower heel but i think you know in in the dim dark past they used to have basically no heel and no support at all and i don't think that's good either because um you know i think that led to a lot of um foot issues and you know foot knee leg hip uh, mm. back issues um as well but now the the indoor sports shoes tend to be a lot better they've got some support um underneath them in the in the sole um, but they also don't have a big chunky heel that you're going to uh, go over on sideways. So, um, you know, just find something that's that's reasonably suitable for you. Um, 
and you don't have to go over the top. There's um, there, there are table tennis shoes, but there's also just a lot of um, generic indoor sports shoes that are that are quite suitable. Now, like especially if you're starting to take the table tennis more seriously, and you are starting to think about your movement, and you're trying to, you know, get faster with your movement, especially that sideways movement. Um, if you're wearing shoes that are too chunky, it almost restricts that that movement and the um. And also the other the other thing is just the flexibility of the shoe. So if they're really rigid, um, it doesn't really allow that. You know the allow you to bounce on your toes all that easy easily as well so um just that flexibility of the of the sole um to be able you uh, to enable you to you know just bounce a little bit better on your toes i think can help as well so yeah check check out some indoor sports shoes and um you know it's it really is a matter of going and putting them on and just seeing what they feel like as well for you yeah excellent tip of the week and yeah, one of my first coaches uh, said that there was like a group of us beginners, and he was like, "You've got to, if you're going to take table tennis seriously, you've got to get some table tennis shoes." Now, Jeff, having said that, you spent your most of your career playing in Dunlop volleys. Most, not quite most. Well, a lot. Maybe the first few years. <laughs> a lot. <laughs> because a lot. well, that's actually what the coach said. He said, "You got to get some proper shoes." He goes, "Even if they're Dunlop volleys." <laughs> so, so that's why i got dunlop volleys <laughs> yeah really dunlop cheap. volleys famous around the world i mean do, do people know what dunlop volleys are they're basically a tennis shoe but they were really um tennis shoe with a canvas top and um not all that flash but um they, they, cheap cheap is cheap yeah they, they they did the job for you jeff <laughs> indeed <laughs> oh dear <clears throat> yes excellent excellent tip anyway um, now, Alois, we are running a competition on these podcasts. Who am I? And yes. um, no one has guessed it this week. Ah, there you go. So we're going to have to add some more clues to the who am I. Yes, indeed. Well, the first the first clues we gave you last show were, and they were pretty, uh, pretty meagre, really. <laughs> um, it was just a, a Chinese female table tennis player. Um Yes, so uh, so no one guessed it. Um, so now we're adding on that I won my first national championships at age 13, but had to wait two years to be included in the national team because of one curious thing. So uh, I'm not going to tell you what that curious thing is until mm-hmm. next week, perhaps. Um, so, yeah, if no one guesses it. so Interesting. Won well, my you- first national championship. How old? 13. Okay. Yeah, had to wait two years to be included in the national team. So I'm not going to tell you when that was, but... Uh, okay. Yeah. Interesting. All right. So if you've got some ideas, head over to the website, click on, or well, log in first, click on your name and then click on competitions, and then you'll see Who Am I Episode 3. So click on that and you can update or enter your answer. And... When we record this podcast on our next Tuesday here in Australia, we'll check who, if anyone's got the right answer, or we'll give you some more clues. That's right. Get your thinking caps on, folks. Absolutely. All right. And speaking of thinking caps, Alois, it's time to put yours on because we're heading into the questions. Excellent. Bring them on. 
First up from Vinod is a great question. He says, thank you for bringing an excellent training portal for table tennis. He says, it's really helpful for my nine-year-old daughter and myself to enhance my skills, but can I request you provide a few basic videos on how to start training my four-year-old son just to get a feeling of the ball? Well, there you go, Vinod. You, you are starting them early. But, um, but yeah, there, there's definitely things that you can do um, with the four-year-old. Um, the main thing is, well, there's a couple of main things. I always have a few main things. Um, <laughs> but the main thing is uh, that you are making it enjoyable for the kid to start off with um, and just letting them play and just enjoying um, enjoying the feeling of the bat and the ball. You know, so some, some ideas that you can utilise to do that are just rolling the ball across the table um, to start off with. Yeah, just get them the feel of that. If um, if not on the table, you could even just do it on the floor. Just get them to roll the ball along the floor with their bats. Um, then you can start, you know, bouncing the ball to them and just getting them to tap the ball and and move on from there. And then you can start to think about, you know, even then going. So a lot of this stuff you can do either on the floor, as I said, or across the table. So not even across the net, but just go. Uh, if you stand on one side of the table and get your uh, son to stand on the side of the table on the other side and just roll the ball backwards and forwards that way. That way you're taking the net out of play and you're just making it a little bit easier and simpler to start things off. Um, what, what, you're, what you're looking for is a bit of success, a um, bit of feel, letting them enjoy the feel of just hitting the ball and playing around. Um, and, uh, yeah, so hopefully that will spark some interest in, uh, in your son and uh, you know, get him on the right track. That sounds good. Now, if I'm having trouble picturing what you're saying, is yep. there any way I can view this like in yeah. video form, for example? Yeah. yeah, we've actually got it on uh, uh, Ping Skills website. If you go to the tutorials, there's a section on um, training 101. So if you go to the tutorials, the training section, and then there's a whole section there called training 101 where we go through um, just those those introductory type ideas with um, uh, with uh, being able to learn and how to how to uh, uh, learn some basic skills. Nice, and they're good for the, especially those first ones are really good for people just starting out, whether they're young or even not necessarily young. But that whole series is good if you are kind of just playing around with table tennis and want to figure out how to get better because. It shows you some ways that you can train and focus on specific skills to improve. Yeah, and what that's aimed at is, yeah, you're, you're right. It's not only aimed at um, very young kids. It's aimed at anyone that is just starting to play table tennis and they're, they're thinking, how do I make that step from just starting out to being able to, you know, go go down to my club and just feel confident enough to, to play a little bit of table tennis? So, um yeah, that that's what where we're aiming at, uh, aiming those uh, tutorials um, at. You know, just control how to serve your stance, your footwork, some basic strokes, um, learning how to spin, learning how to return spin, um, and then you know, some bit of switching between forehands and backhands and things like that. So um, yeah, jump on jump on to pingskills.com and um, and you'll see the training section. Go to Training 101 and uh, have a have a bit of a dig around in there, especially if you're just starting out in the game um, or you're thinking about starting someone else out in the game. 
Nice. Nice. And I'll put a link in the show notes as well to that video. So if you look at the and if you're looking at the show notes for this podcast, you'll find the link there. All right. Next up is a question from Andy. And he says, are there any exercises or a contraption that helps me staying down until the point is over? And I have a question also, Alois. What does he mean by staying down and why is that important? Yeah, so by staying down, um, we talk we talk about um, staying lower in your stance. So bending your knees um, so that by, by bending your knees, you're starting to activate the muscles in your legs to allow you to jump and move faster, um, you know, again, across the table, forwards, backwards, wherever. If you think about um, uh, a, uh, if, you're, if you're standing with your legs bolt uh, upright and straight um, with your feet together um, and then someone asks you to sprint, you, you're going to have to firstly go down, get lower, bend your knees and push off so that you can uh, take off. If you're already mm, down that lower... Which probably why sprinters in the 100 metres start in those starting blocks. Yeah, so that's the extreme, you know. So so they're, they're looking at moving forwards only. So that's why they're in that position because um, they've bent their legs completely. They're down and they, they're then able to really utilise and recruit all those muscles in their legs to push forward. Um, we need to think about moving in multiple directions. Mm. Um, so what you're saying is and don't perceive so, in that position. No, nah, probably not. Unless you plan on <laughs> unless you plan on charging uh, at your uh, opponent after they serve. <laughs> okay. Uh, and there but, is a but, funny okay. So I'm taking it too far. That's what you're telling. Yeah, yeah. Probably, Jeff. Yes. <laughs> so uh, yeah. So just bending your knees, unlock them, get down in a lower position. So how do you how do you uh, reinforce that for yourself? A lot of it is is in your mind. So. Uh, being able to find that optimal position um, for yourself initially. So experiment a bit with standing straight, experiment with really bending your knees to a really low position, and you'll probably you'll find that that is also not optimal. When you're too low, then you've got to come up and then move across sideways. Um, so... Um, yeah, so some, somewhere in between that, you're going to find an optimal position for yourself. Um, I mean, there are little some contraptions that you can use. It's almost like a bungee uh, type uh, strap that you put around your waist and then tie it to your ankles so that um, – and by shortening the, the strap, it then forces you down lower into that position, into that bent knee position – and if you do stand up, there's resistance, so um, so it makes it harder to stand up. So uh, then really reinforces that low position for you. So there are that there is that sort of contraption. Um, it's used a bit in um, in the tennis world. So if you if you um, have a bit of a um, search for um, you know tennis uh, footwork bungee straps, you'll find something there as well. But I think mainly um, Andy, it's about uh, reinforcing that in your mind of the position that you're looking for and then just fight, trying to find that position often uh, during your training sessions. Yeah, interesting. Okay. So 
the other thing with that, because you said like there's an ideal position, you don't want to be like really totally on the ground, um, but you don't want to be standing upright. So those bungee straps, if you're not quite sure how tight to get it, they might be a little difficult to use anyway. Yeah, I think it's once you've found once you've found a position that you feel is um, optimal for you, then you can you know, put yeah. that on and uh, and and try to maintain that position. Yeah, when you're experimenting, just experiment a bit with you know high low, um, and 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 find something that's good for you. Yeah, all right, that's and, and good. yeah, and basically, if you, if you think about it, is what's the best position for you to be able to jump sideways or forwards and backwards? Um, as fast as possible. Mm. And it's probably a bit lower than most people would anticipate, I guess. Yes. I always say I don't, I don't, I haven't seen anyone that goes too low, um, especially when they're starting out and, and learning. Um, everyone tends to err on the side of being too high rather than too low. Mm, okay. So, yeah, great question, Andy. And if you're not sure, next time you're out on the table, Try and just get a little bit lower than you normally would and um, see what happens. See if that actually improves things for you. All right. Exactly. Yeah. Um, next question is from Uday, who says, say a player mishits the ball because of sweat that's on the ball. So the sweat would make it just fall off the racket. Should the umpire call a let? Or award a point to the opponent because it was noticed after the rally. Yeah, that's uh, that's a really tough one. Um, the, what will happen in the practical sense is that usually the players will both see that there's sweat on the ball and they will agree to just replay the point, and mm. then the umpire will, the umpire will call a let. Um, so I guess I you'd mean, normally notice it on their racket, the sweat, wouldn't you? Yeah, the racket and the, and the ball. And you'll see the performance of the ball. So the ball will just almost drop down when they when they hit the ball rather than, uh, you know, bouncing forward. Because um, what happens is when there's the sweat on the ball, there's no friction um, between the ball and the rubber. So the ball just basically just, um, yeah, uh, drops down. So... Um, so you'll you'll notice it. You'll get the feel of it. And you know, I think you know, if, from both points of view, if you're hitting the ball, or if you've hit the ball and your opponent um, suffers from that, you know, just um, just try to be understanding and basically just call a let and uh, and you know and play play the point again. Um, I mean, the 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 other thing going back a step, I guess, is just trying to keep your keep yourself um, as dry as possible. Now, I know that the rules say that you're only allowed to use your towel every six points, but if it is particularly hot or humid, um, the umpire, if you ask the umpire, they should allow you to uh, towel down more often than that, than not, especially if, if it is happening that, you know, you're getting um, sweat on the on your racket or, you know, there's, ball, there's um, sweat spraying onto the ball or onto the table. Um, then, you know, just uh, request um, from the umpire that you can utilise your towel more often and they, they really should let you do that um, just for the uh, uh, for the practicality of, uh, you know, having a, a, a level playing field or a dry playing field even. <laughs> yes, indeed. Now, is it, I don't know if it's actually written in the rules about like a, a sweat ball as they call it, it's probably more just a umpire's discretion and a player's discretion thing, is it? Um, 
there'll be something in there about um, if the um, if the conditions have changed. Mm. I think that's that's what will um, that's what it would be covered under. Okay, interesting. Yeah. Uh, Could you write on top of the rules? Oh well, yeah, not really, but um, <laughs> but yeah, that's uh, I've, I've yeah I've seen something like that previously. Okay, interesting. All right. Um, well, thanks for the question, Uday. It's um it's a good one and always an interesting um dilemma when that sort of happens. Okay, next up is one from Jason, and he says or asks, why is J Pen never used anymore? in this modern era of table tennis. So again, what is J-Pen? Yeah, J-Pen is, um, it's basically the, um, well, the J referring to Japanese, um, so Japanese pen hold uh, grip. So with the Japanese uh, racket, they were, they tended to be that rectangular racket um, and where you didn't really, use, and, the, and the handle is really built up. So, um, so it's hard to then utilize the the back of the racket um, as much, and it doesn't allow as much flexibility in your fingers and, and in your grip. So um, so I think that's one of the ra- real reasons that um, the J Pen has um, has faded out a bit because because of the lack of flexibility in what you can do, and especially now with um, the reverse uh, penhole backhand where they're using the the backside of their um, their racket to to hit the backhand top spins, um, which is uh, it's harder with the J pen. It's not impossible, but it is harder to to use the J pen rackets to um, to use the back of their the racket. So so I think that's why it's it's really faded out. Um, I mean the J pen suits a forehand dominant player that's basically running around the table and use, using their forehand all the time. But uh, not so much now as the game's got a little bit faster um, and, you know, players are really looking to use both their backhand and forehand almost equally. Mm, interesting. So do you think that means that the pen hold itself will be kind of phasing out? Because if they're playing the reverse pen hold, why wouldn't they just use shake hand and, and play a normal forehand and a backhand? Yeah, well, it's certainly decreasing. I think um, the use of the pen hold. Um, don't tell shoes in that, but um, <laughs> yes, but um, it is it is um, you know decreasing in numbers and not uh, yeah. But I mean, Shin uses his backhand well now as uh, as well, so he's adapted to be able to play the backhand. The 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 advantage of the pen hold grip is though that you can utilize your wrist much better on um, things like your serve and on your forehand. And I feel like you also get a little bit better touch on the short, short push, uh, especially on the forehand side. So, um, yeah, I don't think it'll, I don't think it'll go away completely. But um, yeah, it's, uh, it's certainly not used as much. Yeah, and and yeah, and the the backhand has become so much more dominant, especially with shake hand players doing that reverse um, backhand flick on the return of serve. Exactly. Um, that's right. Yeah. Yes. You know what else was a groundbreaking invention? <laughs> What's that, Jeff? The shovel. <sighs> did you like? Did you just get that out of your? Did you just get that out of your uh, joke book or not? Uh, what do you think? <laughs> 
I think you've just made that up. <laughs> oh dear. I can't reveal my sources. Um <laughs> so oh, goodness. that does bring us into um the OMG facts, though, Alice. Well, that's good. That that's about time. And here's an interesting one. Laptop screens at Apple stores are open to exactly 70 degrees. They want people to touch the computer and the angle forces them to. Oh, 70 degrees. So that's like leaning forwards a bit. Yeah. So then if they want to use it, they have to touch it and have to move it. They want people to touch the screen, apparently. Right. Yes. I'll, I'll check that out next time I go. So only in the Apple stores, though, right? Not in... Yes. Okay. Yes. There you go. Only in the Apple stores. Now, alcohol doesn't kill brain cells. It just causes them to grow slower. Oh. There you go. Um, for our American fans, Oklahoma has more man-made lakes than any other state and has over one million surface acres of water. Is that any other state in the U.S.? Yes. Because we didn't, wasn't there a, some sort of OMG fact about Canada the other day about there lakes? There was. Yeah. Yes. The most water, or I, can't, I can't remember, but it was, it was OMG. Made, it was. Made me go OMG. Exactly. That was very OMG. And here's an interesting one. Harry Truman was the last American president to lack a college degree. Really? True. Yeah. When when was Truman president? That's a good question. I'm I'm I'll I'll look it up. It's okay. Um 45 <laughs> 45 to 53. There you go. Didn't have a college degree. Yeah. Everyone well, since has, including yeah. Trump. Yeah, I guess. I guess <laughs> I, I guess like I mean, for any job nowadays, you need a college degree almost, don't you? I mean, it's uh, it's getting to that stage. Mm, not any job. Mm, any any clerical office. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's becoming yeah. becoming important. Yes. Mm. Well, I don't know whether it's important, but it's required. Mm, interesting. Though a lot of um, you know, entrepreneurs. Um, never true. finished their college degree. True, that's very true. Especially like you hear always hear stories about computer scientists. I think yeah. Zuckerberg was in college when he launched Facebook, and yeah, yeah. See, I like those stories. Mm. And here's just one more. Now, my wife was watching some Netflix documentary about this topic recently, and it was amazing. But there are more head and spinal injuries from cheerleading than all other high school and college sports combined. Really? Cheerleading? Cheerleading. Because they, they're throwing people around and and Yeah, and they land and, on their heads all the time. Yeah. I, well, I mean, you, you, you'd definitely think um, football, right, or as in um, American football would, uh, would have more head injuries than... No, because they're all wearing helmets and padding and stuff like that. And they're not falling from like five metres in the air where they get thrown. Very true. Well, there you go. That's a that's a good OMG fact. Yeah. Well, and so you search up cheerleading Netflix. I can't remember what it's called, but um, great documentary apparently. Okay, good. Might just do that. <laughs> yeah, get onto it. 
well, Alois, that is a wrap. So thank you everyone for listening. Make sure to check out pingskills.com, get in your entry for the Who Am I question. And um, again, yeah, thank you for listening. And of course, thank you, Alois. Thanks, Jeffrey. Thanks, everyone out there. Stay safe. See ya.